This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. Please turn with me to the book of Psalms, Psalm Psalm chapter 28. After our conversation last week, I just dove back into the Psalms and went backwards rather than forwards. Last week we looked at Psalm 32. and Today I want us to look at Psalm 28. The Lord has just been speaking to me personally in my devotion time through these psalms. And I believe that today this thought uh, maybe will be beneficial for you. This is more of a teaching, I guess, if you will. I don't know. I honestly don't really know where we're headed or how we're going to get there. But I promise there is something. I just don't know what it's going to morph into as we go. The Holy Spirit's good. To us, amen. Psalm chapter 28. If I don't move that, I'm gonna run over it and you'll laugh. Start in verse 1. I want to read this entire psalm to you. It's nine verses, and I'm reading out the New King James Version today. It says, To you I will cry, O Lord, my rock, do not be silent to me, lest if you are silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry to you, when I lift up my hands toward your holy sanctuary. Do not make me, excuse me, do not take me away with the wicked and with the workers of iniquity who speak with peace of their neighbors to their neighbors, but evil is in their heart. Give them according to their deeds and according to the wickedness of their endeavors. Give them according to the work of their hands. Render to them what they deserve because they do not regard the works of the Lord nor the operation of his hands, he shall destroy them and not build them up. Blessed be the Lord, because he has heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I ran. Uh, I am helped. I can't read today. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song I will praise him. The Lord is their strength. He is the saving refuge of his anointed Savior people, And bless your inheritance, shepherd them also, and bear them up forever. Thank you, Lord, for your word. This psalm to me can be divided into three separate sections, which is a whole lot simpler than the six different uh, sections we looked at last week of Psalm 32. I believe we can see um, the prayer, the problem, 
and the praise. And I don't really know where this whole title fits in, but if there were a title, it would probably be questions and answers. I don't know about you, but there's so many things in my life that I have questions about. There's so many things that I want to know, God, why are you doing what you're doing? God, why is it that you've let such, such and such happen in this season? Why is it, God, that you have, uh, for instance, we just celebrated the life of Sister Williford yesterday, and, it, and my, my mind can't be wrapped around the whole concept. On the day of retirement, after 41 years of pastoral ministry, the day of retirement, that, that she is sickened into, to the point that 41 days later, she's passed, and she's hanging out with Jesus. I can't wrap my head around that whole thought process. I can't wrap my head around the fact that I have a cousin that, that didn't understand how loved he really was, and he got to the place that he, he was to the point that he took his own life. I understand the darkness of depression. I understand the darkness of evil, but wrapping your head around those kind of things is very difficult. You agree? There's so many questions that don't have answers. There's so many questions that I've had to learn by your former pastor, Brother Tim Gore. He said, God doesn't owe you answers. I was questioning one time. I lost a best friend. that uh, He was the best friend from high school. He was killed in a dump truck accident, and he left behind a, a baby that was under a year old, a wife. They had been married very long, and, and I could not wrap my head around the fact, why did this have to happen? I don't understand. And Brother Gore said, well, you're not going to understand because God doesn't owe you answers. And I struggle with that thought process. I want to know answers about heaven sometimes, don't you? There was a post put up. I'm not trying to spark any controversy or even really any conversation. A post put up in a Church of God ministers group asking about marriage in heaven. Will we still be married? Will we have that marriage relationship? And the list goes on and on and on, and the comments are endless. There is no answer. It's a mystery. We'll see what happens. We don't know. There are always questions, and then there might or might not be answers. And so there's this prayer, there's this problem, and then there's a praise. The prayer begins with verse 1. To you I will cry, O Lord, my rock. First of all, this whole idea of David calling the Lord a rock is major. Because my life is on shaky grounds often, right? My life is not always consistent. My life doesn't always make sense. And David is determined, even when things are unstable, even when I don't know what tomorrow holds, even when I don't know what the next hour and a half is going to hold, no matter what happens, Lord, in my life, you are my rock. The one constant in all my life when everything else seems to be inconsistent, Lord, is you and you are my rock. In the prayer, we must identify and recognize that the Lord is our rock. He's the unchanged one. He's the one that never is changing. Scripture teaches us that he never is changing. He goes on, he says, Do not be silent to me, lest if you're silent, I'll become like those who go down to the pit. That's fancy words for if you do not answer my questions, if you do not hear my prayer, I'm going to die. 
Going down to the pit is not necessarily going to hell. It's not necessarily going to Sheol, if you will. It's literally going to the grave. If you don't answer me, Lord, if you don't hear my prayer, it's going to kill me inside. It's going, I might as well be dead. That's a passionate prayer. Amen? Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry to you, when I lift up my hands toward your holy sanctuary. There's two actions that are here that are interesting to me. First of all, he says, I'm going to cry to you. Hear my supplications, my requests, my cry for mercies, God. Hear them, one, when I cry to you. And I can't help but think, <laughs> and I've said it recently, when was the last time we cried before God in our request? In our prayer, I'm, I'm a guy that I want to hold it together. I stood yesterday in that sanctuary in the funeral, and I'm doing all I can to hold it together. At one point, I held my nose. Why, I don't know. For some reason, it didn't let me cry. I want to hold it together. I don't want to break. I don't want to have a breaking point. I don't want to lose myself. You know when the biggest breakthroughs come? When I fall apart. I woke up a couple weeks back on a Monday morning. I could not function. I was aggravated. I was disgusted. I don't know what was going on. I told Mike I had to come here to pick something up uh, for the rest of the day. I said, I'm going to the church. And I, I come in, and I was aggravated. And I was frustrated. And I just laid down right here. And I broke. I lost it. When I woke up, there were water spots on the carpet, not woke up when I got up. There's water spots on the carpet. You know what happened when I walked out? I was a totally different person than I was when I walked in. Because there's something about crying out for God. There's something about making that petition known with tears. There's something about crying. And David said, hear my supplications. Hear my cries for mercy, Lord. Hear my prayer when I cry to you. Then he also says, when I lift up my hands to your holy sanctuary. That's hard. And honestly, we struggle with that. I'll speak for me. I'll speak for you. We struggle in general in lifting up our hands to the sanctuary, meaning his holy presence, the holy of holies. We struggle. Maybe in your quiet time, you don't. But more often than not, we struggle. And here David's saying, in my prayer, when I'm needing something from God, when I'm to the point, God, that if you don't answer me, I'm going to die. In that season, he said, hear me when I lift up my hands. How in the world are we going to lift up our hands in those seasons when things seem to be down in the dumps and things seem to be out? How in the world are we going to lift up our hands then when we're not lifting up our hands when the joy of the Lord is our strength and we're full of life? I can... Oh, I'm not going there today. I can lift my hands and worship to anything. Because it's not about me. It's about lifting my hands to the holy of holies, 
to his presence. I have too much to be thankful for, and I have too much that I need God to do to not lift my hands up in the presence of the Lord. David said in that prayer, hear my supplications, hear my cry, God, when I cry before you. Hear that request, that supplication to be made known when I cry before you, but not only when I cry, but when I lift up my hands in the sanctuary. There's the prayer. The words here are interesting because it's plural, supplications. If you go into a more detailed translation than the New King James, you get into this, it's, it's a plural language. He hadn't just made this cry. He didn't just wake up on Monday and say, all right, Lord, you're my rock. I'm going to lay down before you. I'm going to cry. I'm going to lift up my hands. Now answer my prayer. This is the cry of his supplications. This is to the point he said, I've, I've asked and I've asked and I've prayed and I've prayed, God, if you don't hear my cry, I'm going to die. David's in a waiting season because the prayer involves waiting. It's not sometimes, but it's most times that there's a wait. You learn that? I learned that. It's not sometimes, it's most times. When my prayers are eternal, why does God have to answer them in this moment? When the words that I speak out are going to go for generations to come and the prayer of blessing over my family and over the people that I'm praying over, when those prayers are going to continue on into eternity, why does God have to move on them today? But yet we expect it. There's a waiting season. God, David has confidence that God hears every whisper because he says it in Psalm 139 verse 4. He says, you know what I'm going to say even before I say it. We know he's listening, but it's not always in our timing. But David also says in Psalm 27, 14, wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Jesus told a parable in Luke chapter 18 about a persistent widow. There's a judge that is not ruling, and I'll read it to you briefly. It says, uh, Luke chapter 18, verse 1 it says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they would sh always, uh, should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant request. The Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't think that God, don't you think that God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many we find on earth who have faith. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Jesus says sometimes you got to keep nagging. <laughs> Solomon said, there ain't nothing worse than a nagging wife. Right? I'm just telling you what it says in the book. Read it. Ain't my words. I ain't got a nagging wife. I have an amazing wife. But I met some nagging wives. 
And it'd get to a point that I'd do what they wanted to. My kids asked me for something long enough. One of two things is going to happen. I'm going to get really angry and I'm going to do something I regret. Or I'm going to give in and give them what they want. Right? Waiting is hard. But the prayer requires waiting. Recognizing that he's our rock is what allows us to walk through the waiting season. Second part of this is the problem. If I were to say that there's not a meaty part, for me personally, this is not the meaty part. He says in verse 3, Do not take me away with the wicked, with the workers of iniquity, who speak peace to their neighbors, neighbors, but evil in their heart. Evil is in their heart. We could pick that verse apart and look at those double-minded people who are one person in front of everybody else but then there's somebody else behind closed doors they're one person to their neighbors but in reality they're bashing them and cutting them down when they walk out of their presence but that's not what this is about today but David said give them according to their deeds render to them what should be rendered to them Lord, give them what they deserve. Give them according to the work of their hands. Whatever they've created, give it back to them. Because they do not regard the works of the Lord nor the operation of his hands. He shall destroy them and not build them up. The problem is interesting because David's expressing his belief in justice and truth. He also recognizes that if God doesn't do something to change him, he's going to be right there with them. If God does not move in us, it all points back to salvation because if we don't accept Christ on us, if God doesn't hear our cry, our supplication, if he doesn't hear the voice of our request and our cry for mercy, then in reality we're going to get what we deserve, which is death and hell, right? David said, Lord, I don't need that. I don't want that. I need you. That's his cry. That's the problem. The problem is he don't want to be identified with those people. The, the, the situation is, though, we, we talked about it all last week, is that he had this issue. He had this problem. He brought in Bathsheba. He had this secret sin. He had this issue. To everybody else, he's the greatest king. To everybody else, he's the man. <laughs> to everybody else. But he's got evil in his heart. He said, Lord, don't let me be like those people. He required, he, he wanted justice and truth. That's hard for me sometimes because the problem, <laughs> the, the true or the just way for God to fix my problem isn't my way. God's way isn't my way. That not you? I'm human. I'm flesh. I battle flesh and spirit are battling constantly. And so there's times that I want to handle things my way or I need things to go my way and God is completely working something different. And David's not praying, God, have your way. Or, 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 he, he's not praying, I want it to be my way. I want it to be this way. This is what I want. He's saying, God, I need you to rescue me. I need truth and justice to take place. In the problem, we've got to be looking for truth and justice. 
Jesus said in John 8, 32, and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. In 17, John 17, 17, he said, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. John 4, 24, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. In the problem, there must be truth. And in the problem, he is our truth. He is the truth. And then the last part of this is the praise. This is interesting to me, though. And honestly, I didn't see it until I just opened my Bible while I go to start this message. But he said, blessed be the Lord because he's heard the voice of my supplications. If you look, it's circled in my Bible with a nice little road map in pink because it's an important technical detail. Verse 2 says, hear the voice of my supplications. Verse 6 says, he's heard the voice of my supplications. The exact same wording. Blessed be the Lord because he's heard the voice of my supplications. You know, nowhere though does it say he answered the prayer. That's the part I didn't see. It doesn't say he answered it. He said he heard it. And blessed be the Lord, not because he answered the prayer, but because he heard the prayer. That gets difficult. Because that goes back to this whole my way or no way mentality. Of Lord, I'm willing to bless your name and praise you even when you don't answer the prayer I'm praying to you. I'm just going to praise you because you're God and you hear it. It'd really stink if my kids didn't love me because I didn't give them what they wanted. Right? But it don't mean I didn't hear them ask for it. I know what would put a big old smile on my baby's face. <clears throat> but Caden wants an aircraft carrier as big as a pew for his birthday. I don't mean he's going to get one as big as the pew. Not literally, but he wants like a six foot one. But I'm not a bad daddy and he's not going to love me any less if I don't get him that aircraft carrier. But I know what he wants. I also know what he needs. And a six foot air aircraft carrier in his bedroom would be horrible. I'm already shoveling toys out of the way to get to the bed to tuck him in. He don't need a six foot aircraft carrier. But I know what he needs. You with me? But don't mean I love him any less, and he's not going to love me any less. He's still going to run to me. He's going to love on me, and he's going to want daddy to go tuck him in, even though he might not get that six-foot aircraft carrier. Never does it say that the Lord answered the prayer. So I told you I didn't know where this was going because it makes the next part even more amazing. He said, you've heard my prayer. I don't know what the answer was. It's not here. But regardless, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I'm helped. He's my strength and my shield. Therefore, regardless of whether the prayer gets answered, that's a Mitchell-ism plugged in there. 
Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. And with my song, I'll praise him. Lord, whether you answer the prayer or not, I know you've heard it. And because you're a good father and because you're God Almighty, I'm going to praise you. And with my song, I'm going to rejoice in who you are. It goes back to the same thought process. Sometimes we have a hard time praising when everything's good and we're high on the mountaintop. How in the world are we going to praise and sing a song when the Lord ain't answering our prayer and he ain't running to give us what we want when we're in that waiting season? David is antagonizing in this. God, if you don't hear my cry, I'm going to die. But by the end of this thought process, he said, I'm going to lift my head and I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to rejoice and with my voice, I'm going to praise your name. What's even more amazing, because the Holy Spirit's awesome like that, He's not so self-centered that it's all about Him. Because the end of this is all about, Lord, save your people. Save your anointed ones. Save Israel. Read it. It's part of the praise Lord, the Lord is their strength. Not only mine, but he's theirs. He's a saving refuge of his anointed. Save your people, bless your inheritance, shepherd them, and bear them up forever. Whether I get what I want or not, whether my prayer goes my way or not, I can put myself to the side and I can praise your name, but not only can I praise your name, but now I can lift up your people and lift up the people around me. But so often we find ourselves in a self-centered mindset and this selfish ideology. We're, we're so worried about what God is or is not doing for us that we surely can't praise him for ourselves. more or less lift up a praise and a prayer for the people around us. In order for that to happen, in our praise, he has to be our strength. In our prayer, he's the rock. He's stable. He's constant. And the problem, he's truth. And truth is always going to prevail. And in our praise, when we don't want to praise, when I don't have the strength to praise, he is our strength. I don't have all the answers to questions. But there are questions with answers. Chances are the answers and the questions don't always match up. You ever taken a test that had a matching section? There was all these different questions on one side, answers on the other, and you had to draw lines to them and it was like a crazy road map by the time you got through. Chances are the answers that I might want that go with that question are not the answers that God has. But it doesn't mean that he's not my rock. And it doesn't mean that he's not the truth. And it doesn't mean that he's not going to be our strength. It's hard It's hard to worship all the time. 
But I can't help but think, what is it that let David get to this place? Well, he cried, and he lifted his hands. When it didn't feel good, when it didn't make sense, he cried and he lifted his hands. By the end, he's singing a song. I don't know that he really had a song in his heart in the beginning. But once he made it past the problem and realized that truth would prevail, now he's singing. Today he's our rock. He's our truth. And he's our strength. Father, I love you. God, I thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, I thank you for changing the course of this message and for your word spoken into my heart. I thank you for revelation. God, I thank you that even when things are unstable and shaky in my life, when things don't make sense, when it feels like I'm walking on eggshells or I'm walking on sand, maybe I'm in a pit of mud, I don't know. God, I can trust that you're my rock. I can put my trust on you. I thank you, Lord, that even though I want to know the answers to my questions, and even though I want to know that things are going to go my way, I thank you, Lord, that even in those times and in my questions, you are truth. Whether it's the truth I want or the truth that I'm looking for, your truth. In the end, you have my best interest at heart. I thank you, Lord, that in my praise, the times that I don't always have the strength to sing that song, your joy is what gives me the strength, and in my praise, you are my strength. Father, I thank you for this word today. Pray right now that you speak and you deal with your people. Father, your presence is not only in the room, but it's within us. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead is living within us. God, we're full of your presence as long as we're connected and in this relationship with you. Lord, in the prayer, be our rock. And the problem be our truth, and in our praise be our strength. Father, I pray you bless your people today. Bless them, keep them, give them grace and peace. Let your glory and your face shine on them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.